welcome to the Hunt Backcountry Podcast, presented by Exo Mountain Gear. This podcast and the gear that we produce at Exo Mountain Gear share the same purpose, to make you a more capable, confident, and successful backcountry hunter. This show is all about providing you with valuable information from experienced hunters. To learn more about the podcast or about our backcountry hunting packs, visit exomountaingear.com. Well, welcome to episode 175. I'm very excited about this episode because the topic is all new to me, and I love learning new things. Hopefully, you're in a similar position here. The topic is pack rafts. So we talk with the owner of backcountrypackrafts.com about what a pack raft is, how they can be used, and how they might benefit you for your hunting. It's a fascinating topic. It opens up some new possibilities and new ideas that I'm excited for you guys to hear about. So Matt from backcountrypackrafts.com offers rentals, which you'll hear a little bit about, and he has a discount code just for you guys. So if you're ever interested in renting a pack raft from Matt, use the coupon code HUNTBC15. So Hunt Backcountry, HUNTBC15, and you can get 15% off of your rental. Before we dive into this discussion with Matt, I wanted to thank Jordan for the podcast feedback. Jordan says, what I thought could only be possible via once-in-a-lifetime guided hunt now seems far more approachable as a DIY hunt thanks to this podcast. Guys, can't say it any better. That's what we're about. We want to equip you guys, prepare you guys, give you the information you need to help you realize that what you want to do is possible. So if you have any ideas, any questions on that, um, how can your hunt happen? What do you need to do pre- to prepare for your hunt? Anything like that? Let us know. Send us an email to podcast at exomountgear.com. We will discuss that on a future episode for you guys. Also in this month, May of 2019, we have a giveaway from Onyx Maps as well as Ivory Holsters. So you can win a subscription to Onyx or a custom holster from Ivory Holsters. Go check that out. Get entered. You have about a week or so left. Go to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. Hit the giveaway link. It only takes a second to enter. Okay, let's dive into this episode and discuss pack rafts for hunting. Matt, welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to chat with you. Um, you know, we'll get into more on pack rafts. That's the topic of the day, and you have some experience there. But before we even get into that, just kind of give us some uh, personal background context so listeners can get to know you a little bit. Sure. Um, so I'm born and raised in Montana. Um, I grew up kind of on a ranch, um, hunting and fishing there, um, mostly rifle hunting. And then uh, when I, it, um, the fall after I graduated from high school, I kind of got introduced to backcountry hunting. My buddy and I uh, went to Alaska for like six weeks and hunted everything you could, um, buy an over the counter tag for, and, um, uh, kind of got our butts kicked. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my introduction to backcountry hunting. And then, um, shortly after that, I kind of got hooked on archery elk and, um, have hunted a lot, um, a lot of that. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of my, my hunting background. Um, Dude, six weeks uh, in Alaska right out of school. That's awesome, man. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of one of those like if I'd known what I know now, I, it would have been even more fun. But it was definitely an adventure. Um, yeah, yeah. I shot a caribou like seven miles from the road across tundra, oh. um, and it was. It, I thought I was gonna die. Most. Of it. Yeah, we were on the tundra <laughs> for like twenty-one hours, and kind of crazy. Oh goodness, man! Did you? Uh have any other tags filled besides that caribou or that was essentially it? No, just the caribou. I, that, I mean, that was like one of the things like research wise, like now, like it's way harder to shoot a moose that, you know, meets the standard that you have to meet if you're not a, a non-resident. And then, right. Um, I guess we could have shot a bear, but it was, we pretty much treated it with the truck on a road. <laughs> so yeah. we didn't feel very ethical about that. So, <laughs> wow, dude, what an adventure. I, I wish that was like more on my radar to do that when I first got out of school. Just take that time and get it done. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome, man. So um, we'll get into pack rafts more, but I'm curious, did you guys do a pack raft at all on that trip or is just kind of road hunting and covering ground on foot? Yeah, it was just road hunting and covering ground on foot. I really didn't um, learn about pack rafts until like like six or seven years ago. Um they were, I mean, they're kind of born in Alaska, um, just because of the terrain that they have there and, and the, I mean, the lack of roads and, and they have a lot of rivers, so it kind of all works together, but yeah, um, yeah we didn't use pack rafts on that trip. So pack rafts, um, maybe something guy conceptually knows what it is. Maybe there's some guys who've never heard of it. I mean, it is what it says. It's a raft that's packable, but kind of give us like, at least from a, like a for idiots 101 on what a pack raft is you mentioned kind of a little bit and why they're used their origins like kind of just lay some uh context and history for what they are before we dive deeper into them yeah so i i think maybe like 25 years ago or so something like that there's a lady up in alaska and her son was just like this crazy he would just do all these uh trips where he traverse huge stretches of the brooks range and uh he basically had like glorified pool toys and he, he would come back from these trips and they were like duct taped and all kinds of like, he'd just get holes all, all the time. And she's like, I think I can make a better raft. And so that's kind of, it depends on who you ask, but that's kind of like the modern pack raft, um, where it started. And so, um, she started alpaca rafts, which is kind of the, the premier, um, pack raft, but yeah, it's basically a, a raft that packs down, um, depends on the model, obviously, but, um, most of them pack down to like. Uh, the size of like a, a bigger two-man backpacking tent um so like 20 by 7 by 7 um and then most of them weigh most of them weigh under 10 pounds um a lot of them weigh closer to like six um and yeah so you can hike in the backcountry and float out and then most of them are pretty capable of some decent white water um you can do usually class two class three with them or sometimes more um yeah, man, I'd love to geek out on specs here in a little bit, but like talk about pack rafts. If a guy is not up in Alaska, um, maybe even lower 48 here, I think there's a lot of, uh, like we can say unexplored opportunity, um, for what pack rafts might do for a guy even here in the lower 48. So w- when it comes to hunting specifically, like what are some of the use cases, benefits, um, what opportunities could a using a pack raft open up for guys? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely one of those things you want to think about it. It's like, uh, you know, it, it's something to have as a, it's probably not something you're going to do all the time, but it's, it really opens up a couple opportunities. Um, so one, the, the most obvious one is like situations where you're hunting up a, a Creek or a river, um, and then floating out or like hunting around to a river 
to, to where you can put in and then floating out. Um, so that's the, that's the most obvious one. Cause then, you know, if you shoot something, you can just float out rather than pack out. Um, and then the, I guess another one would be like, if you, you know, you want to do this float trip, but at the end of it, there's like a, you know, three or five mile pack out and you're like, well, I can't, I mean, I'm not going to pack this, you know, whatever, my drift boat or, you know, a 40 pound raft out. But if I have a pack raft, I can pack it out three miles, no problem. And then go back one more trip for, you know, if I shoot something. Um, so that'd be another one. And then, um, oh, right. Then like kind of a base camp. Like, so if you, you know, you hike up a river, you know, drop your camp there and then kind of hunt out of that area. Um, and then float out, um, if you shoot some, or, you know, whether you're successful or not, that would be the kind of the three ways to use them. I think. I mean, I think if you had a pack raft or, you know, for guys, you know, maybe it's not a pack raft, but maybe just open up this idea of using watercraft. I mean, if there's some opportunities of public land, sometimes even landlocked land, I mean, I think it just opens up way more possibilities on where you can hunt if you're willing to kind of get on the water. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you put in it somewhere, you know, you can float to where you could you just put in at a bridge or something like that. And then you can float to where you can hunt and then you can float out of there. Um, yeah, definitely can open up some public land opportunities. Yeah, that's cool, man. So you mentioned being able to float something out versus pack something out. So talk about like, what's a weight capacity on one of these pack rafts? Because you like, especially for hunting, you have this situation where you got yourself probably a decent amount of gear uh, in terms of weapon, maybe packing camp, that type of thing. And then you talk about packing out an animal. So what's a weight capacity looking like across different models of pack rafts? Um, so yeah, I mean, it ranges uh, depending on the model. Um, the, I guess like 300 pounds um, total would be on, on the, on the low end. And then, um, there's a couple like Alpaca makes one and then there's a um, Christine Ventures out of Alaska that makes one that where it's, it's closer to a thousand. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you, it really varies, I guess. Um, for, for the single person rafts, um, kind of the upper end is like 500. Um, the, the Alpaca mule, um, can, can do 500. Um, and there, I should say too, one thing about their design, um, people always ask me like, well, I have a really heavy pack, so I think I need a bigger pack raft. Well, they're designed to have weight on the front, so because you're you're sitting in the back or more towards the back, and so so they're designed to have your pack on the front and um, like kind of with the assumption that your pack is going to be like 50, 60 pounds. Um, so when you add, you you know, you can add more weight to that, obviously. Um, and then the the thing that really kind of opens up um, load capacity is there's this thing called. Uh, cargo fly or in tube storage. So, so basically, um, on the, on the back of the boat, it zips open and there's a, the zipper that's waterproof and you can put it in dry bags and they're, they kind of, they can offset even more the weight on the front of the boat and it makes it more stable. So, so there's storage within let's, I'm like not watercraft literate here, but let's say like within the inflatable section, within the quote unquote, like pontoon, if you will, there's storage within that on some models. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Gotcha. So, and then like, let's say that 500 pound one, I know you mentioned kind of in brief, like these are 
maybe six to 10 pounds, maybe the size of like a two man tent, that type of thing. But say that's like a solo guy looking at, did you say it was the alpaca mule? That's like a 500 ish pound capacity. So what like does that one specifically, just as an example, because that sounds like a decent like weight range. If you figure a 200 pound guy gear and then plenty of, you know, capacity for meat. So what does that one specifically kind of pack down to? What does it weigh? Yeah, so that one would be, I mean, it depends uh, a little bit on like what you do for spray skirt options because there's a couple couple different options there. But it would it would probably be like maybe eight, eight by eight by, yeah, like 20, 21 um, inches. It would pack down to about that size. Um, and it would weigh, if you had like the cruiser spray skirt, which would is kind of like the, uh, I guess the standard, I guess I'd say, uh, it would weigh about eight pounds, five ounces with that cargo fly. And then your dry bags would be on top of that. You know, I first heard of these, I was only thinking of situations where you're putting in like right at the water, you're not actually packing this raft along, but then you look at other opportunities. You think about Alaska, like sometimes you're covering ground on foot first, then you get to a body of water that you either have to cross or navigate or what have you. So I mean, it sounds like these are truly pretty packable. I mean, don't get me wrong. Eight pounds is eight pounds, and it's a lot in context of trying to keep in a lightweight gear list. But compared to the capability that it gives you, it's pretty dang impressive. Yeah, yeah. No, it can definitely can definitely be a game changer. And then Alpaca just came out with a new one, I think, last year. It's called the Caribou. And it doesn't have a – it's an open boat, so there's no spray skirt. So if you do get water in there, you have to pull over and dump it out. But it's – it's five pounds with a car, with a cargo fly. So, um, and it, and that they're built out a little more different materials, which is why it's lighter, but that one is designed for having a big load on your front too. So, so I think that one's capacity is 400, but like if that'd be a pretty good option if you were going a little bit lighter. So let me ask a really stupid question. How are you inflating these in the field? Is there like a foot pump system bag system? What does that look like? Right. Yeah. So it's not a stupid question, um, but definitely a lot of people wonder about that. Um, so the, uh, so it is a bag pump. So basically you, uh, um, you shake out this bag and then, um, put your forearm over it and, uh, kind of just force the air through, um, the nozzle. There's a nozzle that you screw onto the pack craft. Um, and if you, if you Google, uh, pack raft inflation or alpaca raft inflation, the, the lady that started that company, She's like in her seventies now and she infl- inflates a pack raft in like two minutes. So it's, wow. uh, once you get the hang of it, it's really, really easy. Wow. So you mentioned some of these can even handle some white water, like some class two, maybe class three stuff. How do they do in shallow water as well? Really good. Actually that, um, that's kind of, uh, that's probably one of the biggest reasons they're lo- using lower 48 for like, you know, backcountry fishing trips and that sort of thing, because they, they can go, I mean, they, they, you need about four, maybe, maybe six inches of water to, to, um, get by. Um, so they can go, you don't need nearly as much water as you would for like a regular raft or a, a drift boat or something like that. And then in terms of maneuverability, and obviously this depends on your load and how it's loaded and all that, but I'm just thinking of of quite a few guys who might potentially be interested in these and maybe don't have a ton of experience um, with rafts or shoot with boats or kayaks or like any sort of watercraft. Like, are they pretty stable, pretty easy maneuver, pretty easy to kind of get the hang of? Yeah, definitely. And I should say I wasn't, I, I didn't like grow up, you know, 
boating every weekend or anything like that. I, I came into this like pretty much, um, I basically, I wanted to do it because I, uh, there's some backcountry fishing areas that I really wanted to get into, but I didn't, I really didn't know much about rafting or, or whitewater or anything like that. And I got one and did, you know, a trip that had some class two water on it and did just fine. So it's really, they're, they're pretty hard to tip, honestly. Like, um, you, you have to be doing some pretty intense water or, or, or actually try to tip to tip one. Um, they're really stable, uh, especially compared to like a whitewater kayak or something like that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty beginner friendly, I'd say. Cool. You mentioned, um, spray skirts, things like that. So again, for guys who are new, like talk about what that is and then tie this into the whole, I would say like safety issue of thinking of colder weather hunts and water exposure and all that. So like, talk us about like, you know, what are these skirts? How can a guy stay dry, stay safe, all that good stuff. So, um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're hunting in the fall, you the big risk is hypothermia if you're in the water. So, um, I would kind of advocate for at least some kind of, uh, spray skirt on there, um, unless you know the weather's going to be great or whatever. Um, but so there's, there's two types of spray skirts. Um, there's, it's called a cruiser spray skirt. And so that one, uh, kind of zips around your, around your waist. Um, and there's a Velcro strip along one side of the raft and that one's easier to get in and out of. Um, but it keep and it keeps out, it's supposed to keep out like 90% of the water. And then there's a, a whitewater one where the, there's a deck that's attached to the to the raft, and then there's um, then there's a uh, your spray skirt like goes over your shoulders and then tucks into that deck, and that one's supposed to keep out like 95% of the water. Um, so those are it. Kind of depends if you if you know you're going to be getting in and out a lot. Um, the cruiser one is um, probably a better one, um, but if you know you're going to be in some really intense whitewater, the the, the whitewater spray skirt is be the better one um they also make self bailers so so the water comes in goes out through holes in the sides uh in the bottom uh but i think for the fall or or winter um you don't we wouldn't want to do that unless you had a dry suit and then you're adding more weight so um kind of my thought for for hunting is probably either the whitewater spray skirt or the cruiser spray skirt and then have if you have a, a decent rain jacket um that that kind of covers most of your bases as far as getting wet and cold are there certain models of pack rafts that only are compatible with a certain type of skirt or to most of them like pretty universally you can choose either skirt option with that pack raft model there are a few like that that ultralight caribou one that i mentioned that one doesn't have any skirts as an option but like the mule um has all all of those options um and it, then it kind of differs. i mean those are both alpaca rafts um but it kind of varies by brand after that size we kind of covered weight capacities a consideration gear storage is a consideration the protection your spray skirt like what else goes into looking at pack rafts and kind of figuring out like maybe which one to choose which one's right for you just things to know about selecting a pack raft um well height is a big one so like Normally, if somebody calls and wants to rent a raft for me, I, that's a, like the first question I ask is their height. Um, uh, if you want to really drill down your your sit length, so like kind of if you sit against the wall, like measuring from the wall to your to your um, leg, and then you can kind of size yourself uh, based off that. But there's kind of different different sets of pack or, or different sizes of pack rafts that are good for um, different heights of people. Um, 
but if you're if you're gonna for sure use it for hunting like the mule is it's made for taller people but it because it's longer and bigger it works better for hunting even if you're shorter um if that makes sense yeah yeah you're i'm sure you just kind of more space to put that pack up front and everything else right yeah okay cool when it comes to your pack or say you're even loading out meat things like that are you lashing that down like do you want that tied down is it pretty fine just sitting and you mentioned they're stable they're kind of hard to tip like how particular do you have to be there about loading gear and keeping that secure um i would i would definitely lash it down um the if you're one of the most dangerous uh points as far as like tipping your load is actually getting in and out because your your weight's not offset or or the the front end is not offset until you like get in um so it kind of like the whole raft leans forward and especially if you're getting in and there's like some rapids you're not getting in in a pool that's like uh calm i've i've done it and i've seen other people do it where they you know they're kind of uh unstable as they're getting in and then they like tip up part of their pack into the water um so I would definitely lash it down because you never know when it's going to, um, yeah, somehow I could tip or, um, what have you, but, uh, um, yeah, lashing it down and it, it, because with, with the way the two spray skirts work, there's kind of an area. So you, you typically lash it down on top. Um, so that way, like if you have a pack, um, yeah, and you don't want stuff in it to get wet. Um, if water comes over, over the, the front of the boat, it'll just like go, go down around it, um, rather than sitting in, in the bottom and sitting in water. Obviously they're built, uh, for use. And even you think of up in Alaska and like rocks and different rivers, you mentioned a little bit of white water. So it don't sound like they're too dainty, you know, but in, in terms of if you have to make some sort of infield repair, I'm assuming these things come with like a repair kit. What does that look like? And how often on a, like a typical basis, would that be something you, that you'd be concerned with? Um, yeah, so they do all come with repair kits. Um, it has, uh, it's called patch and go. It's kind of like, um, kind of like tenacious tape, um, something like that. Um, and actually people use Tyvek tape, um, pretty regularly too. Um, and then there's a, a, a little substance called aqua seal. Um, and so those are the two main things in the repair kit. Um, but typically, like what you're going to see, um, like you, you can poke holes in the tube, but that's fairly rare. Um, but the, the most typical repair you have to do in the field would be, um, a hole in the floor. And so it, and it usually like pinholes, um, just enough to like over the course of the day, you're going to get a little more and more water in the boat, um, through the floor. So, um, you can just flip the boat over and put some aqua seal on it. It's best if you can have it dry overnight, but I think in certain circumstances you can have it dry for like four hours. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I've done this for, this will be my fifth season. I've never had a boat come back that somebody walked out because it was unrepairable in the field. So that, I mean, that's, um, and I, I don't think I've even ever had like a major, uh, tube hole, like that was more than, um, probably a quarter of an inch. Um, so they are really tough. Um, and, and the, the patch kit that you get with it is more than capable of fixing pretty much everything you need to in the field. So. Okay, cool. Man. Um, obviously going along, you're talking about being on the water with this craft beyond the raft. You're going to need some sort of, uh, PFD and paddle. 
Do, is that something that you provide with a rental or is that something that someone sources on their own? You're just providing the raft. How does that work? Yeah. So I, I rent those separately, but I do rent um, a lot of them, especially paddles. Um, you can get by with a kayak paddle. If um, the, the pack raft paddles are a little shorter. Um, uh, so that's kind of why I rent them um, separately. Um, and if, then if you want to cut more weight, you can cut weight on a paddle. I think mine weigh a little over two pounds, but they're kind of made to be a little more durable. Um, so you could, you could probably get down to like one and a half pounds, um, if you wanted to cut some weight. Um, and then life jackets, uh, that's kind of, I mean, it really depends on the water you're doing. Um, if you're doing more white water, you, you probably want one, just kind of a standard life vest that goes over your, you know, that you would normally use, um, for, for white water, I guess. Um, and that those are the kind that I rent. But, uh, if you were going to, if you were only going to cross a river or you knew you were going to be on a lake, um, you can get those, uh, they, they basically, uh, they're like a rip cord and you just pull the rip cord and it inflates. So if something happened to you or you're incapacitated or whatever, you could just pull the cord. Um, and, uh, and so that, co- that covers you as far as like, yeah, you technically have a life jacket, um, if you're on a lake. And it's a lot lighter, so that's kind of the, the advantage of that style. Yeah, so talk a little bit about buying and renting. Like first, just curious, like what are these things running? And again, we're talking about different models, different sizes, all that good stuff. But like give us a ballpark on purchasing something like one of your more popular models that you tend to rent out a lot or recommend for hunters. Yeah, so like that mule um, I was kind of talking about, it, it, it would be about $1,200 um, new. And then that the caribou that would be like the more ultralight um, uh, with that weighs five pounds. That one's about eight hundred. Um, and yeah, so you can and that, those are again both alpacas. But you um, there's a couple other brands out there, Cocapelli. Um, they're a little bit cheaper. And then you there's a pretty uh, vibrant used market out there too. If you go on packrafting.org, um, and then there's a Facebook uh, buy sell page too. So. And a lot of those guys, uh, those rafts are, you know, in pretty good shape still. And then I sell, I sell used ones at the end of the season as well. So there's a few different ways to, to cut the cost. If, um, yeah, if a little over a thousand dollars seems like too much to get into, you yeah. can, you can probably get down to 700. Right. Yeah. I've been imagining and even thinking of my own use case that this would be something I wouldn't even use every year necessarily, but just for a certain trip. And so that's where I think renting like is really a beneficial option. So like talk us through what you have to offer with a rental, how it's structured, like some ideas on pricing and how that works for your process. Yeah. So I kind of try to make it so you'd pay about a, a fifth of what you pay for a new raft um, on average for a rental. And of course I have quite a few different models. So um so it obviously depends on the model because different ones rent um, different rates per day. But basically, uh, trips of seven and more days, I, I rent my kind of standard line of rafts for 25 a day. Um, and then it, it, as the number of days shorten, the, the price per day goes up. Uh, and then you only pay for full days the raft is in your possession. So if I ship it to you on, it arrives on Monday. You don't pay for Monday. You pay starting Tuesday. Um, and then if you if you're not, if you're, would normally ship it back on a weekend, but you can't ship it back because it's a weekend. Um, I give you the weekend days too. So uh, I try to be pretty comfortable, like as if you were just walking into a rental, um, store and picking them up. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I should say that I, I ship I ship like ninety percent of my rafts, so I ship them to people. They use them and then they ship them back to me. So that's kind of how my business works. Yeah, and then is I guess shipping would be on top of like that daily fee. Yeah, yep, yeah, and it it goes. I it's like forty bucks a raft for round trip shipping, um, and then it it just goes up a little bit to add one. It, so that's for one raft, and then for two, it's like fifty bucks uh, round trip shipping, and Yes, because they're packable, right? You can obviously ship them. Uh, and so that's, uh, I mean, it ends up not being a huge percentage of your rental fee, the shipping. Okay. So something like the mule um, that you've mentioned a few times here, if you're doing a, a seven-day hunt, that's like about 25 bucks a day. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool, man. And then you mentioned before one-man raft. I wasn't even aware, like at least for pack raft, that there was two-man options. Um Talk us through what's available there. And I'm also thinking, again, you get two big dudes or, you know, regular size guys in a pack raft. And do they have models that are, you know, still have room for two guys plus gear plus packing something out? Or is it better if you're you and a buddy just like each get a mule type thing? Or is there any benefit to one raft for two guys in gear or just each have your own? That's a good question. I, I, didn't, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I think... Um, weight wise, I guess tech, yeah, you probably would be better just having two. Um, but a, a lot of the two person ones can be paddled as one. Um, so that'd be kind of the other way. Like if you were, if you were moose hunting, I guess, right. um, you need more capacity. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think I, it would kind of depend on the trip, but the, so the alpaca has this one called the forager and then the, um, the, the pristine ventures in Alaska has a pretty similar one and their alpacas weighs like 13 pounds and the other one's like uh, 15 pounds. And they, I mean, you can haul a thousand pounds in it. So I think you, you could make the case that um, it'd be better to have, have that one versus two, two person ones. Um, Cause then you, you probably would only have to have one paddle. Um, uh, yeah. So what other, just like from your personal use or feedback you get from clients using them, like what little tips and tricks and like things to know um or maybe you just even have like a standard list of stuff you tell people that are new pack rafts but anything we kind of haven't covered just about using them yeah just anything that comes to mind in terms of uh, things that could be helpful for guys using these yeah so you definitely want a dry bag for like the stuff that like absolutely can't get wet because if yeah if you tip uh everything's wet and then um especially like if you tip during hunting season and you your dry clothes are wet um you can get in some really bad situations so um even if you don't have a dry bag to put everything in if you have like you know a change of clothes um your stove you know something anything else that can't get wet um you definitely want to have a dry bag and a lot of times you can line your uh your your pack with a dry bag or or a um a garbage bag that that can kind of be a cheap way to do that too um the other thing, like, uh, if you can, if you have like kind of a, a throw cord or, or at least a, some sort of P cord t- tied to the, um, back of the raft, um, that way, like when you're getting in and out, you can just hold the P cord if you're, um, you know, getting stuff ready. So the raft doesn't drift away from you. Um, I'm trying to think what else, 
Um, oh, I should mention there, there's there's a bunch of lash points. I think I should have mentioned that earlier with with strapping stuff down. So um, definitely uh, bring bring a lot of rope to to, to tie stuff down or, or cord. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Those are kind of. I mean, yeah, it's kind it's of all pretty basic, basic right? Yeah. Do you ever run into um, questions on? You know, you're packing out game on just keeping meat dry. Um, you know, obviously we've, it depends on the conditions, right? Like, but do you recommend guys cover meats? Do you, is it typically okay just to leave it in a standard game bag? Cause it's not going to get that wet. Is there anything to kind of know there about, you know, just having meat on the river, if you will? I don't think so. I, I've had guys ask if you could like drag it behind you and I, I don't think that would be a good idea, but, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I mean, as long as it's in a, in a, yeah, it's probably going to find to be in a game bag and then it, if it's in your pack it shouldn't get wet um or or if you know you could put it in your your intube storage um and then it for sure wouldn't get wet so um yeah i i don't think there's like a lot of danger in it getting wet um or at least like soaked um as long as you don't leave it in the bottom of your raft and take in a lot of water so. yeah and have it soaking yeah right cool any uh any fun stories from your own use of a pack rafts or kind of wild stuff that maybe happened to a client or something like that um, like as far as hunting goes or as far as, uh, just rafts in general? Yeah. Either way. I just didn't know everything came to mind. Oh yeah. So, so I had this family go down the Escalante uh, two years ago and they, they, uh, went over this rapid that kind of took them by surprise. And, um, one of the, it was a, a couple and teenage daughters and the, one of them lost a paddle and then, uh, so they weren't sure what to do. So they like camped there for the night and then, um, in Southern Utah that the water levels can change like crazy fast because of the melting and the rain. And so they basically got stranded and the, the water levels kept rising and they were like cliffed out or, you know, they couldn't go up cause it was, there, it was cliffs. And, um, this helicopter that was looking for another kayaker ended up helicoptering them out. And then they like were on good morning America and oh my goodness. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it was kind of a crazy deal. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the craziest client story. And then uh, uh, I think it was like the second year I had them. I really wanted to like test out the, you know, how, how you could use them for hunting. And I um, I drew this like access tag not too far from where I live for um, for deer. And I hiked up and I shot this deer. And um, I wanted to see if you could um, float it out whole. And uh, you can, but it's like, it's pretty scary, like getting in and out of the raft. Cause it's pretty easy for, I mean, it's just very awkward for, to have like a deer, um, on your raft hole. And I, um, and then I came around the corner to like where my truck was parked and there's these other hunters and they were just like, they just hit their jaw was dropped. Cause they're like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't even <laughs> know that was possible, but yeah. So those are kind of my Awesome. Where can, uh, if listeners want to check out what you have to offer in terms of rentals, where can they check out your stuff or maybe what's just some other good resources if guys just are curious now about learning more about packrafts that you would have them go check out? Yeah. Um, Backcountry Packrafts is my website. Um, so it's just backcountrypackrafts.com. Um, so yeah, I, all my rafts are there. Um, Alpaca has a pretty good, um, like some educational stuff. So if you go to alpacarafts.com, they, you can uh, find more stuff there on just kind of general packraft knowledge. Um, and then the packrafting.org um, that has a lot of, of forums and stuff like that. Um, 
um, yeah, for, it'd be a good, good resource for, for beginners. And, and if you wanted to do a trip or something like that, they have uh, trip forums there too. Oh, nice, man. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time and, uh, yeah, exciting to think about, um, you know, what a pack raft could do just to open up some new opportunities for guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget the discount code if you ever want to do that pack raft rental. It's HuntBC15, and that's at backcountrypackrafts.com. Also, head over to exomountgear.com forward slash podcast and enter the giveaway for this month. While you're over there, hit that subscribe button to make sure you receive future episodes. We will catch you next time.